everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us this week, and yeah, I know that we kind of pinball around on this a lot, but I think we're officially a softball podcast now. We absolutely are. Yeah, we said it a few weeks ago that uh, we're we're a softball forward podcast, and this week we're making good on our word, aren't we? Yeah, well, the texters made good on their word to win the conference. I assume they promised someone that at some point in their life. And yeah, by defeating Southern Miss over the course of three games three times... They are the official Conference USA champions and the number one seed heading into the tournament this weekend. Before we get too ahead of ourselves, Evan, what exactly happened this weekend in Ruston? I mean, some some crazy softball games. And uh, look, if if you doubted for one second Dr. Billy Bundrick Field, I mean, I'm just sorry for you at this point, right? I mean, if you thought that we were just going to roll into Billy... Doctor, sorry, excuse me. Dr. Billy Bundrick Field... And fucking, like, lose? I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, right? Like, you were just... I don't I don't even know. I can't even... I can't even explain it, right? You're just wrong. You can't... You can't expect the texters to come in and lose uh, at Dr. Billy Bundrick Field. Yeah, that doctorate is in magic, I guess, because something was going on that allowed the texters to do this. I mean, and th- this isn't out of character for them. I mean, again, they won the conference. They've been good all year. Southern Miss has also been very good. Uh, So to come in and sweep them at home and take the conference because of it is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And just to reset on where we were coming into this weekend, Tech was tied in the standings with North Texas going into this week. However, we held a tiebreaker over them. So the best way to take care of business, make sure you wrap up that regular season Conference USA title, make sure you wrap up that number one seed in the conference tournament, is to sweep Southern Miss. Uh, Hated rival, pretty decent softball team too. They are um, coming into this week, they were uh, 9 and 12, so not not the best, right? But they, they were pushing for a spot. They really needed to perform well to be in the top eight. So they were they were playing for a lot. They had a lot on the line um, coming in. Arguably here. more than us. They were playing oh, yeah. for more than we were. Yeah. I mean, if we get swept, we're still, you know, potentially looking at the, would be the three seed looks like. So I, th- I believe we had the three seed all but locked up going in to this weekend, but we didn't want the damn three seed, did we? Ah, we didn't. We won the one seed. And to do that, we had to first win game one. You take this one game at a time. Uh, Tech gets on the base pads early with three hits in the first two innings, but couldn't drive in any runs. But Audrey Pickett got the job done on the mound, only allowing two base runners through five innings. And the sixth thing started to open up a bit on both sides. Southern Miss got two hits, but couldn't drive in a run as the Texters snagged two line drives to end the threat. Then in the bottom of the frame, Carol Isom started things off with a double and Brooke Diaz bunted her over to third as the pitcher made a throwing error. With Maddie Green at the plate and no outs, Tech fans had to feel pretty good. And uh, what did Green do exactly? Yeah, so the box score uh, says that she fouled out to right field, sacrifice fly, RBI, Ellingson, comma, O, scored unearned. So Carol Isom had a pinch runner come in named Ellingson, who scored from third base because specifically the right fielder decided to catch a foul ball that if she would have dropped, who knows, they might still be playing this game right now on Monday night. Yeah, I, no runs have been scored so far. 
So if history teaches us anything, it's that no runs will be scored in the future either. Yeah. As, uh, as the resident historian of this episode, I, I agree with your assessment there. Yeah, if we don't learn from dropped foul balls, then <laughs> we're doomed to repeat them. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of just funny that the one run of this game gets caused in such yeah. an, an odd fashion. So Tech's up one to, na- one to nothing now. Uh, they allow two more hits in the top of the seventh, but Pickett slammed the door with a strikeout to close it down and giving the Texters the victory one to nothing over Southern Miss in game one. Yeah. And really, I mean, there's not a lot to go through in the in the batting here. Uh, obviously, Maddie Green with the one RBI, uh, <laughs> but no hits in the game for her. Uh, however, Audrey Pickett with the complete game, five hit, six strikeout uh, shutout there to uh, to win game one. And that is her 24th victory of the year. 24 and five is her stat line there. Wins and losses. I don't which, think I've had 24 victories in my life. Like not baseball or softball wise, but just in general, that seems like a high number for one season, especially. Which, which I know, you know, wins and losses aren't the be all end all, but that's that seems pretty good. 24 and five. Uh, yeah. I'll take that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's a 20 win threshold to be considered for the Cy Young in the MLB. There you go. Which so, is a dumb thing anyway, but historically that's kind of what they've gone on. So yeah. We pick it for Cy Young winners. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I actually want to see something real quick. She has 24 wins as the starting pitcher this year. I want to know how many wins the team had last year. Guess how many wins the team had last year. How many wins? Uh, let's say 19. They had 22 wins last oh. year. So you were close. You yeah. were close. Yeah. She With that, that was 24 wins, right? Yes. Yeah. She is now the sixth most winningest <laughs> softball pitcher in Division One softball. Wow. And she's only lost five times. So, I mean, yeah. it's not like she's leaving a lot out there, right? It's yeah. She's a grad student. Yeah. 10th um, best winning percentage. Ooh, so really good stuff. And if game one uh, was that pitcher's duel that we've been talking about, because tech only had five hits as well. Uh, game two kind of started out on the opposite uh, foot. It was uh, one hit from USM in the first, but tech started out as follows a single from Sierra Sacco, Amanda Gonzalez singled, Carol Eason singled with an RBI driving in Sacco. Uh, Brooke Diaz then reached on an error and the bases are loaded with no outs and Maddie Green at the plate. Maddie Green delivered in game one with that uh, with that sacrifice foul ball. Uh, she kept this one fair, hit it over the fence, grand slam, no outs in the first inning. Yeah, so if history um, teaches us anything about that, it's that Tech will never stop scoring. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, the the ERA for the pitcher is at infinity. I mean, things are looking great for Tech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but really, there's not much else to say about this game. Uh, Tech did add another run in the fifth on a solo home run by Lynn Edwards, who uh, was a senior. So shout out to her. And uh, USM answered with a solo shot of their own. But the Texters hold on uh, six to one victory to take the series win and also clinch at least a partial share, I believe, of the Conference USA regular season title. So that brings us to the pivotal game three. Andre Pickett back on the mound after going the complete game on Friday. It's got to feel pretty good, right? I'm sure she's fresh coming yeah. in two days later. Yeah. Well, that's that seems to be a normal practice for us. But I mean, she she was masterful, like I said on on game one. So you gotta feel pretty good about your chances, I think. Even though yeah. she's pitching on, you know, like 24 hours of rest essentially, and uh, 
you know. Right, because it's a day game Sunday too, isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah, 1 p.m. start, and Friday was a 6 p.m. game, so yeah. Uh, but this one didn't start off quite as well. Southern Miss put up three runs on four hits and an error and put a damper on Tech Senior Day. But a solo home run by Maddie Green, we schemed to say her name a lot yep. Yep. this episode, to start the second inning got things going. And USM made back-to-back fielding errors that allowed Tech to score three runs on three hits in that inning. The Eagles added two more runs on four hits in the third, then two runs on three hits, in the top of the sixth, that made it a 7-3 to three game with Southern Miss in front. Three up, three down for Tech in the bottom of the sixth. But reliever Emma Hutchinson did her job limiting the damage and giving Tech's offense a chance in the final inning. Remember, this is softball. There are seven innings. Uh, Evan, I want you to handle the seventh inning, though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me, no pressure. Let me let me breathe deep here. All right. So here, here's how it starts out. Sierra Sacco, one of the best hitters in the nation, comes up to the plate, gets walked. Okay. Uh, Kara Goff comes up, uh, pinch hitting, gets walked. Then Sierra Sacco steals third, and there's a throwing error from the catcher to third base, so she scores. That makes it seven to four. Okay, we got a runner on base still. Uh, then Eason walks. Then Diaz walks. <laughs> uh, I guess Southern Miss just forgot how to throw strikes. I, I don't know. Was All there a sudden- uh, shortstop in? <laughs> oh, God. it is southern news. Uh, damn that's i hadn't even thought about that when i was yeah. uh man how did i go like five seconds without thinking about dustin dickerson when talking about southern miss in, in a game played yeah, on mean, a diamond they say that when men think about sex every seven seconds or something like that i'm pretty yeah. sure that at least louisiana tech fans think about that moment every seven seconds yeah definitely definitely so you got the bases loaded. You're down three runs. There's one out in the inning. A new pitcher comes in for Southern Miss. Uh, oh, maybe maybe that was Dustin Dickerson. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. But you got Maddie Green at the plate. I mean, come on. We've said her name in every game so far. She singles through the left side, scoring another run. Uh, so now it's seven to five. And you got a strikeout from Lynn Edwards. And we're two outs, bases loaded, down two runs. With the undisputed Conference USA outright title in the balance, Kate Cooper at the plate. And then here's what happens. We'll let Malcolm Butler take this one because, I mean, you'll hear why. That's going to be a base hit out towards what the. It gets by the outfitter. Here comes the run. She rounds third and she scores. And Louisiana Tech has just defeated Southern Miss 8 to 7. And the Lady Texters. I guess it just cuts out there. I thought it was longer, yeah. but maybe the mic just yeah. dies he because says, of the lady textures. Yeah, it it can't <laughs> handle the the levels anymore. It, yeah. it just decided that poor mic. Uh, yeah. But uh, he says, and the lady textures are conference USA champions. I think. I mean, uh, that's got to be one of the calls of the year in conference USA softball, right? I mean, come yeah. on, like. And just hearing that reminds me, and I realize this is a very. I'm speaking to an audience of myself here, hey, but go for it, man. That's what it, we don't do this show for anybody who's listening. Come on. Fair. Yeah. So <laughs> I used to Just say that the best, you, sporting, <laughs> the best sporting event I ever went to was the tech Texas A&M football game back in 2012, even though tech lost it, it was just so exciting to come from behind against Johnny Manziel of all people. But what finally topped it was in 2019, the Washington nationals made the wild card game and hosted that at home. And I got to go for that. And this is in the bottom of the eighth, so not a walk-off situation, but close. The ball goes past the outfielder who's trying to field it, 
ends up scoring the winning run. And that level of excitement that I'm hearing in Malcolm Butler's voice is the exact same level of excitement I was feeling in that moment and the rest of the stadium was and the beer that was flying around. It's just it, you you have to love situations like this, like late game. So much matters here in yeah. the game in the Nationals game. I referenced that was the winner goes to the next round of the playoffs. It's a best of one. This is Southern Miss is fighting for their life to make it into the postseason and Tech is fighting for their life to get the number one seed and win the conference. Uh, you can raise a banner based off of this and yeah. to do so in such an amazing fashion, such excitement. Yeah, I wish I was on Rustin for this. Yeah. And, you know, we joked about it earlier, but this situation really does feel reminiscent of that situation last last year uh, with Southern Miss in. And now the stakes were higher, I would say, in the baseball situation because you're already in the tournament. And I honestly think that Kate Cooper could have scored like an in the park home run had she wanted to, <laughs> but we didn't need it. Right. So the I game's think that over. was there. It doesn't yeah, even I, matter where the ball went. Just fear, pure force of will. And yeah. The heart beating that fast. You will find exactly. your way to home plate. But, but just watching that clip and seeing like that walk off and like hearing the emotion in Malcolm Butler's voice is like, that is so reminiscent of how, the game last year against Southern Miss went down, you know, with Dustin Dickerson on the mound. But yeah, I mean, uh, congrats to the Texters. Like, holy shit, what a turnaround. Coach Josh Turner in his first year coming from Nevada. I mean, you can't say more about what the guy's done. He's still got still got time to go, right? We got the conference tournament this weekend, but to go from I don't know what they finished last year, probably probably tenth, probably I don't know, somewhere in there. I mean they weren't good last year at all. We didn't talk about them really at all, right? And now they've demanded yeah. that we talk about them. Yeah, 10 and 10 on the year last year, uh, third in the West, and uh, probably sixth or seventh overall. Marshall played two fewer games last year, or no, four fewer games last year. Uh, so that kind of makes it difficult to compare. But yeah, so it's just exciting to see this, exciting to to care about another sport and have another sport do this exact thing. For sure. I mean, God, and and like I said, I mean, you just you just can't say enough about the turnaround. It's so like we got the new stadium. We got this core of players like outside of Audrey Pickett, who is like, you know, clearly one of our best players now, 25 wins on the season after Sunday's game. However, my point is the core of this team is young. Sierra Sacco is a freshman. Maddie Green, I believe, is not a senior, but I could be wrong. So let me. Let me look here. He's a fifth year grad transfer. Ah, well, damn. There we go. So so Pickett and, and Maddie Green, uh, we're going to miss. But Emma Hutchinson, one of the other core pitchers, is a sophomore. Amanda Gonzalez, a junior. Um, Lindsey Edwards, a junior. I mean, we've got Kate Cooper, who had the winning, you know, three RBI triple to close <laughs> out the game. Uh, sophomore, right? So... I mean, this is this is a young team that has a lot of room to grow and they're already like they're way ahead of schedule. I think we would have been happy with like a middle of the pack finish and say, oh, it's a first, you know, first year head coach. He's got to get his players in. Right. Like, no, no, he didn't. He just did this. Right. Like, yeah, he was like, nah, we got the players here now. So, yeah, uh, this week. The Texters will try to keep that momentum going into the tournament in Denton. We talked about not wanting to lose that number one seed to North Texas. Well, here's our chance to to show them up in our own st- in their own stadium. Um, Tech yeah. gets a first round bye, 
or really kind of two rounds of vibe, depending on yep. how you classify it. The first game will be on Thursday, May 12th at 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Plus. Mm. If they win that game, they'll advance to the semifinals on Friday, May 13th at noon Central Time, also on ESPN+. Plus. Oof. They win those two. They're headed to the championship. This will also be played at noon on Saturday, May 14th. Instead of ESPN Plus, this one will be televised on CBS Sports. Also, again, we said that this game, these games were at North Texas, so they will all be played in Denton. So if you're in the DFW and uh, you know don't have to work Thursday or Friday afternoons, then yeah. uh, you should check out these games, even Oops. though they have less than you know optimal start times. Yeah. Uh, looks like the championship will be the only one that I would actually be able to go to. I've been talking a big game here, but didn't know that the games were going to be at uh, at 2.30 p.m. Uh, maybe the Thursday game. Maybe. I, I'll have to check my work schedule, but I doubt that that's going to happen. Um, definitely can't make the Friday game, unfortunately, which would be the semifinal uh, matchup. So is this this is double elimination. This is right? double like, elimination. The the picture I was looking at was cropped. So now that I'm pulling the full thing up, it's possible that Tex, oh, they play some they, later games. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Conference okay. USA's website will take an image and show you only the top part of it and put a little text over top of it, making it look like it's not a double elimination tournament. Yeah. It, I saw the very top of the yeah. <laughs> of the losers bracket, but. Yeah, so if Tech goes all the way through, they'll play two and with no losses, they'd play two thirty on Thursday, noon on Friday, and then uh, noon on Saturday. However, there are some later games like you like you mentioned. If they happen to lose one, but you lose two and you're out, we'll we'll tweet out you know the games as they're happening. Also, all games on ESPN Plus except for the championship game on Saturday, which is on CBS Sports Network. So, uh, you know, if you're at work, you know maybe you. Maybe you pull up a, a little hidden browser window, you know, a little clandestine uh, ESPN Plus action going on on your work computer. Yeah. Um, and if, if you work from home, what are you doing that for? Are you afraid your cat's going to judge you for, for watching a game while you work? Yeah, yeah, just no, put it just on the TV. Put it on the TV, yeah. Yeah. What you, yeah. You got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Your dog's not going to narc on you. Yeah. Uh, so, again, the Texters have to avoid losing twice. And speaking of losing twice, the Bulldogs did that over the weekend then see this is why you're a professional nathan a professional i mean i mean we don't get paid for this so (laughs) this is news to me if we're a professional uh yeah yeah, did i not tell you we've we've been getting paid for this oops my bad yeah uh (laughs) yeah just two losses to fau but first we had some midweek games to go over first against ulm and even though this ended as an 11 to 5 victory for the bulldogs very well could have also been a third loss for the week, uh, Greg Martinez got the nod for the Bulldogs, but he didn't last long in that starting pitcher spot. He started the first inning giving up a walk, a double, a single, finally a ground out, but then two more singles. Burroughs was quick on the trigger to remove his pitcher this time because he listens to the show. And that ends Martinez's night with one third innings pitched, three earned runs, four hits, a walk and two wild pitches. Oh, not great. Anthony G. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's underselling it a bit. Very much not great. Uh, Anthony Gianetti took three pitches to get the next two outs and get the Bulldogs out of that first inning. Uh, They later got two of those runs back in the bottom of the first before Walker Birchfield facing the bases loaded and two outs pops out to end the Bulldog threat. Uh, Gianetti struggled in the second. He allowed two singles, a walk and a run. And again, Burroughs was quick to head out 
to the pitcher's mound and replace his pitcher with one out in this inning as well. And again, for the second time tonight, the reliever this time, it was Ryan Harland, quickly got the next two outs and got the Bulldogs out of the inning without well, hey, too much damage done. Yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad way to do things. Just let the first guy give up a bunch of hits and walks and stuff and then uh, bring the second guy in to get the, the two outs. I mean, we only yeah. need 18 pitchers to <laughs> make that happen, right? So, Well, Giannetti stayed in for the second inning, so I think you only need nine. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe That's 10. I'm, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'll check my math later. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, Netterville was still working with some numbers. That's a bad one. Netterville tied the game at four in the next half inning with a two RBI center field single. But then ULM got the lead right back in that same fourth inning after a triple, this time not a good one by a player that we liked. Uh, a triple led to a ground ball, sacrifice grounder to make it five to four Warhawks. Uh, jumping ahead to the sixth inning, the Bulldogs again had the bases loaded with two outs. Uh, this time, Cole McConnell singled to right for two runs, giving Tech the lead back 6-5 to five in the sixth inning. That lead held into the bottom of the eighth, where the Bulldogs hoped for some run insurance. With the bases loaded yet again, a catcher's interference allows one run to come home and the bases to remain loaded, which is important because George Corona comes to the plate. Ooh, hold on. There's only two options. He's hitting a grand slam or he's popping out to the shortstop. Those are the only two. In the third one, he strikes out. But he goes for with option number A. He goes for that that first uh, door, opens it up, finds the grand slam there, and that grand slam shuts the door on this game. Eleven to four Bulldogs. Kyle Krieger comes in, does his bottom of the ninth stuff, but who cares? It's eleven to four. Tech wins. Nice. Uh, yeah, you you said we hoped for some insurance, and I just had PTSD from my current uh, homeowner situation that's going on. Yeah, George Corona just busted a pipe over the left field. <laughs> oh no, no, God, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh any anything else from this game i mean it seems like it was it was close for a little bit but uh tech you know made it happen but anything weird that we should know about here yeah one weird thing is exactly how to describe this it's almost like you're looking at the same notes i am taylor young in this game he goes zero for zero with three uh, walks two hit by pitches and four runs scored Okay, so I'm like, okay, did Taylor Young like get hurt and get pulled after his first at bat or something? Nope. Or like, uh, scores no. four runs without a single at bat. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's uh, that's something. Because again, an at bat doesn't include if the outcome is a walk or a hit by pitch. So he stepped up to the bat was this five times, but because he had three walks and two hit by pitches, though those go down as only plate appearances, not at bats. So officially, yeah, he's zero for zero. Uh, Amazing. Also, I didn't talk too much about ULM's pitching in this game. I mean, it was 11 to four game, so it couldn't have been that great. But uh, their pitcher was also pulled in the first inning. So just neither team's plan worked up very well for their starting pitching. Huh. I'm looking at the NCAA rankings for hit, being hit by a pitch. And because uh, it feels like and I, I think Dave Nitz was talking about this at one point over the weekend. Uh, it feels like we get hit by a pitch a lot more than the average team, um, which is true. We are number 17 in the nation. We've been hit by 81 pitches in 50 games. Uh, however, Purdue, coached by Greg Goff, former tech coach, uh, has been hit by 100 pitches in 42 games. So uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a Greg Goff, you know, vestige here that we get hit by so many pitches. I don't know. Let's say I believe what was it the first or second post on our blog back? Yeah, I, yeah. Back in the day was about 
Gonna hand oh, pipe. Oh. I was going to mention too that uh, one of my favorite blog posts I ever wrote. Uh, my wife reminded me of earlier today about how the softball team had blocked us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have seen all these great tweets if I hadn't That's written right. that post imploring them to unblock us to give us <laughs> another chance. Um, uh, yeah, so another midweek game coming up at that point in time another week another midweek game happened this week too evan how'd this game against northwestern state go down yeah i mean it started out pretty well with steel netterville getting tech on the scoreboard early with a two-run shot in the top of the first uh oh yeah this one was on the road wasn't it yeah um dave nitz kept talking about uh how their press box windows were really tinted so it was really hard to see at night which <laughs> just seems like it's such a northwestern state thing to do they're they from to, hell they're the demons yeah, they, they have to they have to like block you know block out all the hellfire that they see i don't, I don't know that score <laughs> of uh two to nothing held until the fifth in part due to a pretty solid outing from Jarrett wharf uh but the defense let him down in that fifth inning a fielding error and a bad throw after an outfield single and the inning continues allowing the demons to tie the game but luckily northwestern was not the only team to benefit from some defensive errors in the eighth a throwing error by the pitcher prevented the second out of the inning and set up a sack fly by george corona to break the tie and in the ninth with the score still three to two a wild pitch and fielding error by the first baseman allowed wade elliott to score making it four to two kyle krieger again decided to toy with us a little bit raise our blood pressure in the bottom of the ninth, gives up a double, a walk, a strikeout, then an RBI double, cutting Tech's lead to one with the tying run at third and the winning run at second in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, again, this is on the road, so yeah, you don't have a bottom, chance to come back God. from this. Yep, yep. But luckily, Krigger is able to get a backwards K strikeout for the second out of the inning, and then the first pitch to the nine-hole hitter results in a sixth six to three ground out and that's your ball game uh that one belongs to the bulldogs as our boy dave would say if he could see it from the press box <laughs> and tech wins uh in natchitoches four to three that one might belong to the bulldogs i'll have to check later <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait waiting on watexports.com to update on that yeah one. it's kind of sad that that nits wasn't able to see netterville's night as clearly as uh, it would have been nice to have because Steel Netterville went two for three with a two run home run and was able to extend his on base streak to 19 games. It may have been that home run that did this, but he's also touted his 200th career RBI. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Netterville has been a name we've said a lot and not just because uh, having to run into his mom at the game in Old Dominion a few weekends ago, but just because Steel Netterville has been very good as of late. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have like his month of April and through may stats in front of me but dude's been on fire we talked about it earlier this season he was in a little bit of a slump to kind of get started in march i think but i mean man he's he's been the most consistent hitter i would say through conference play for sure but then louisiana tech had to go and play fau this weekend a series that we had high hopes for and especially so knowing that an at-large was still on the table i guess it still might be but this weekend didn't do any favors uh, Friday night seemed to be our kryptonite of any of the nights, and that was kind of true here as well. It was a pitcher's duel early, but the cracks in the armor for Cade Gibson started in the fourth inning. He gave up three singles, but only one run, and that made it one to nothing FAU. Uh, Gibson heads back out there for the fifth inning, though, and that was a disaster. 
First batter is a home run, and it doesn't get too much better from there. A single gets two ground outs to make it two outs in the inning, but then a walk, a hit by pitch, a single, a single, and another hit by pitch. And that third out's becoming increasingly difficult to get. Uh, finally, Burroughs makes the switch to Tanner Knight, I guess forgetting the lesson he learned Tuesday or Wednesday. And Tanner Knight walks in a run and gives up a single, so maybe it doesn't always work out when you go to your reliever. Martinez enters this game as well after struggling Tuesday night, and he redeems that performance with a one-pitch lineout to right field to end the inning. Uh, but I haven't said the score yet. It's 8 to nothing Owls right now in the fifth inning, and that pretty much puts this one out of reach. The offense never really gets going. They get a couple runs across in the eighth inning, but it's way too little, way too late, and Tech drops the opener 10-2. to two. Yeah, I mean when your offense waits till the bottom of the eighth inning to score uh, when you're down, you know, 10 to nothing, it's, it's not looking good. I mean, I thought this game started out a lot better. It, it was, you know, I think it was a perfect game for both teams through three, right? No, no base runners at all through three. And then all of a sudden, you know, text text pitching just kind of fell apart. I guess you got to start. You got to stick with your weekend guy longer than your weeknight guy, I guess. I, I don't know. But the pitching has left a lot to be desired, especially here sort of late in the season, which is kind of the opposite of what you're hoping for. You hope they can put it together. But giving up seven runs in the fifth inning at home in a pretty pivotal game for your at large chances is is not great. Yeah, it was the second time through the order is when Gibson really started to struggle and maybe they just got yeah. a better eye on him or or something. Put him but down in order. Yeah, he put he put down the first nine in yeah. order. And then and then after that, it was that. Yeah, like you said, that second time through. And yes, he allowed a lot of runs that night, but Tech only scored two as well. Both the, the pitching lost it and the hitting lost it. So you can have them point fingers to each other in that Spider-Man meme style. But Saturday... Saturday's a good day. Tech has yet to lose a game on a Saturday this year, and the offense was going to make sure that streak continued. A two-run home run in the first, another two-run home run in the second, a sack fly that scored a run in the third, and two doubles that scored three runs in the fifth, also another RBI double in the sixth. Add all that up, and it's 9-1 to one Bulldogs. <laughs> You'll definitely take that. Yeah. Uh, FAU closed the gap a bit in the seventh inning, making it nine to four after Ryan Harlan struggled for perhaps his first time all year. Uh, he's given up a couple runs earlier in the season, but nothing like that so far has happened. There was just no pressure on him, so he just took That's it easy. It. And, you yeah, know. I think he also pitched three or four innings uh, one of the weeknight games too. So it's yeah. possible. I'm, I'm finding excuses, but still, uh, Tech gets yeah. one of those runs back after the seventh inning stretch. And Nenevoe adds another with a solo shot in the eighth. Yeah, we're saying his name again. Now it's 11-4 to four Bulldogs. But <laughs> we're not done. FAU loads the bases in the bottom of the eighth. But Kyle Krigger is not the one that loads the bases. So he comes in and gets a double play pretty quickly to end the inning. But Kyle Krigger came in the game already, which means he's starting the ninth inning. And that means we're back to heart attack time. A hit by pitch, a double, a single, another hit by pitch from 11 to four. Now it's 11 to six. That's Oof. still a five run lead, but you're hemorrhaging no runs outs, at this point. Right? Yeah, no outs. Wow. No outs and only five runs ahead, which sounds like a lot, but you just gave up two without getting a single out. Hey, we, we already covered what the softball team did here. They They scored five runs. So, yeah. Uh, but a double play and a strikeout and any kind of threat and also end this game and the Bulldogs win 11 to six. Yeah. Uh, also, 
Oh, I guess you have this in the notes for later. But in this game, Steel Netterville, two for five, two RBIs, a home run, and a double, which made him the double king. Uh, most doubles by a Louisiana Tech player, 59. So congrats to Steel Netterville. Incredible career that that young man has had. Sunday, though, we're back to an offensive struggle. Sunday being not a Saturday meant that the offense didn't show up to the ballpark. The Florida Atlantic offense did, however. A home run in the first, another run scored in the second, and two more scored in the sixth that made it five to nothing owls. Tech's offense made some noise late, but a solo Corona home run, one more scored in the eighth, just wasn't enough. Again, sounds like Friday, and Tech drops the rubber game five to two. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last week. Absolutely needed to win this series, if not get a sweep at home to to keep our RPI uh, hopes alive um, for, you know, being in that kind of top 40 ish scenario at the end of the season. Um, unfortunately, you know, FAU, not a terrible team, but playing at home, you know, you got to you got to win those tough games. And Tech dropped from 41 down to 50 in RPI, which is probably enough if the season ended today that we would not make uh, the NCAAs and this week and the following week, we play some pretty, some pretty low RPI teams. I think Charlotte's okay, but not as good as we'd, we'd want them to be. And, and Western Kentucky's not good at all. So, yeah. uh, w- we got to make some noise in the conference tournament yep. to have like a shot. Like you said, down to 15 RPI, that's down nine places from last week. Uh, in terms of conference seating, UTSA is the team we were tied for, but we had the head-to-head lead over last weekend. Uh, they went 2-1 and one on the weekend, so they're now in second place in the conference. That drops Tech into a tie for third place with FAU, who mm. we just lost 2-3-2, of three to, so that means Tech dropped a fourth. I think, because what gets weird about this is they changed up how seeding works for base, or maybe not seeding, but at least the teams that get into the tournament. It's not just the top eight teams. It's the top three teams from each division and then two at-larges from either division. Are they doing that for baseball, too? They, this year, they changed it. And so I don't know if that means that you're going East 1, West 1, East 2, West 2, or or how that works exactly. But at least overall, Tech is in fourth place now in conference. Mm. Um, I've uh, yet to see anything put out about how, how everything gets seeded and what happens there, but... It's Conference USA, so we'll find out when they release the bracket and tell us what we should have known all along, I guess. Don't want to be on the same side of the bracket as Southern Miss. Yeah. Definitely don't want to be on the same side as Southern Miss. I mean, I I will relish playing them and beating them in their stadium. That would be great. However, uh, if we can avoid it, let's avoid it, please. Yeah. And that's that's not for two more weeks, right? Like, we've still got two regular season games Yeah, we do have two regular season games left to go. Also, I took my information about the different divisions and stuff like that from wikipedia and that doesn't have a source next to it so it's very possible someone just duped me but uh (laughs) yeah it's not on the conference page but a lot of stuff isn't but a team that is on the conference page because they're in the conference and they'll remain to be after the next couple years and that's western kentucky and that's who tech plays this year i had no idea where i was going when i started that (laughs) sentence but i got there anyway the hilltoppers are 16 and 30 on the year number 225 in rpi uh, but they had a pretty good weekend this past week, right, Evan? Yeah, I mean, Western Kentucky this past weekend, like you said, they're they're not great this year. Uh, but UAB, who made some noise last week by beating Southern Miss two to one in a series, traveled up to Bowling Green, Kentucky, 
And Western Kentucky, the not great team, was able to uh, to take two games from the Blazers. And, you know, so they, they might be getting hot here at the right time. Western Kentucky is currently on the outside looking in of the conference tournament, but they're just four games back from UAB. So they're going to be pretty desperate to get some wins here to try to sneak in as that eight seed um, or the bottom seed, however, however seeding works. But Western Kentucky, not a great team, but um, desperate times call for desperate measures. And they just took two games from UAB. So uh, they'll be they'll be looking to defend their home turf. Yeah. And then players wise, just for a reminder, Tech only has one player with an OPS of above one. That's Taylor Young right now. Steel and intervals, by the way, is 0.946. Western Kentucky only has one player above 0.9. Oh. That's Ty. I have the pronunciation guide over open in another tap. Bodisic. 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 Um, he has an OPS of 0.926. A quarter of the time he walks up to the plate, he gets a hit. Not a real home run hitter, though. Not a lot of home run hitters on this team. Uh, Pitching-wise, their best starter so far this year has been Sean Bergeron. That's a fun name to say. Sean Bergeron. Bergeron. And I want to be mad if I'm saying his name wrong because it's too much fun to say this way. ERA of 3.97, so just under that four mark, um, does not give up a lot of walks. Uh, Only 2% of the batters he faces does he walk, which is insanely low. Meanwhile, Devin, get that pronunciation guide again. He's not on here, so who cares? Devin Turbark uh, <laughs> has an ERA of just under five as our second best starter, 4.97. So the starting pitching is not the strength of this team. Uh, they also don't have a shutdown reliever. Uh, the only reliever who's pitched significant innings that has an ERA of under four is Mason Vineyard. ERA of 3.30 over three, 30 innings pitched has not given up a lot of home runs. In fact, that seems to be a theme of their bullpen is not allowing the long ball. So they don't hit for it. They don't give it up. I don't know. They just, we may not see a lot of home runs this weekend. Yeah. And I, I misspoke. This game is at home, not in Bowling Green. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be on familiar territory and hopefully tech can keep those bats going, especially guys like Netterville and Corona who are in the double digits for home runs now this year. I mean, yeah, God, you got it. You got to get it done this weekend. I mean, we have no midweek games to burn pitchers for like, uh, I, I got to think it's an all hands on deck pitching scenario, right? Like (laughs) we're not going to see, we're not going to see a guy allowing six runs in one inning when you've got everybody, you know, everybody should be rested and ready to go. Um, so I, I, I hope we see a short leash and don't, you know, give up those sort of unsurmountable, insurmountable, insurmountable, right? Yeah insurmountable leads <laughs> i'm providing um, you no help because i am yeah. not sure there you go but uh yeah I, nathan i wanted to and, and i'm springing this on you yeah sort go of ahead the last second so well normally we do our prediction for you know what the records are going to be uh this week so let's let's go ahead and do that uh what do you think we we just have western kentucky here uh we'll do baseball first and then i'll ask you about softball yeah i think i'm being a little or i've been a little optimistic in previous weeks Western Kentucky is not a good team, but Tech has yet to be able to like shut the door for three games. Unless Kyle Krieger is going to come out and give us three heart attacks, which may actually give me a real heart attack. I just don't see Tech winning all three of these games. I think they go two and one over the weekend. Uh, I've been fairly pessimistic the past few weeks, and I was right. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, just I, just bringing that up casually. Oh yeah, I was yeah. Right. Well, I was right to be pessimistic, but this week I'm going to be optimistic and say we get the sweep at home. Uh, backs against the wall. All right. So softball, I'll go first on this one tech, you know, put in the work to get 
on the other side of the bracket from, you know, everybody's preseason favorite North Texas. And they put in the work to get the double bye. And I think uh, I think this team has that magic. They've already won two games in Denton. They've already, you know, knocked off the defending champs on their home turf. Like, I, I think I think it's the Texter's time to make it back to the NCAAs. Um, I believe the last time they went to the NCAAs was 2017. Is that right? Or did they go in 2019? 2019. They made, yeah, they made it to they the won. Baton Rouge Regionals. Yeah. Okay. So I apologize to the 2019 Texters. Uh, please don't block me on Twitter again. You know, I think it's I think it's time for them to make it back. This magical run of a first season for Coach uh, Taylor is going to continue, and they'll get the job done, winning the Conference USA Championship and going to a regional. Meanwhile, that's a good first word to use. I've been burned this year by promising tech teams. I've been Oof. was burned by the men's team that looked in to DFW have everything together too. in DFW that made happened. it to the finals and and lost. I was burned by the Texters team that seemed to be the team of destiny that just magically put everything together, brought it to the DFW and then fell apart in that final game. Are, are you going to bring it around or are you are you I'm, I'm going to wink and say maybe this is reverse psychology, but I think it's it's three for three, three strikes mm. you're out and we lose the final game oh. to North Texas at North Texas. Oh, brutal. Um, Other segment I wanted to to propose and maybe we can just try it this week is naming a, a play of the week. You know, looking back at the, at the <laughs> if you're going first, you're cheating, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you know, looking back at the the previous week, and maybe it's not the best play, maybe it's not the most meaningful play, but just something that stood out to you, right? And I I think there's an obvious choice here. Uh, you know, if we played Malcolm Butler's audio from it and talked about how it rival or or at least gets in the same ballpark as the Southern Miss walkoffs from last year. Uh, however, I'm gonna choose Matty Green's Grand Slam in the top of the first with no outs in game two, really setting the tone for that series, saying, you know what? Uh, we want to claim our, uh, you know, stake our claim on this conference title. Uh, because if you lose that game, there's a chance you don't even win a share of the conference uh, title on Sunday. If, if you, you know, so to come out in the top of the first and really just set the tone. Uh, saying, you know what, we scored one run last weekend on my sack fly uh, foul ball, but uh, this one's this one's fair and this one's over the fence. So I'm going to give it to to Matty Green's Grand Slam. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll go with a different Grand Slam. George Corona and the ULM game. Bottom of the eighth, this wasn't to take the lead. This was more to put it away more than anything else. But to see him struggle at the plate all year, and when we talked about it earlier, it's either a strikeout, a pop-up or a home run. And you know, that's going to happen every time he comes to the plate with the bases loaded or runners in scoring position. And it's just nice to see him get the desired outcome with how Krieger has been teetering on the edge of, uh, of, of letting one get through. It's nice to be able to build that lead. And I have to worry about that so much and that ULM game. And that's not a conference game. That doesn't matter for conference standing. It, ULM is not a good team. That doesn't help our RPI. I mean, if we lose to them, I assume it hurts worse. But ULM is an important game because we have to beat ULM every year in everything that we ever do. And we did it again on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, you got to you got to also shout out Kate Cooper. Um, triple, yeah. you know, walk off. See you. Moving past the obvious. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's just a little a little test run of a new segment that we might do now that 
almost all sports are done for the year. So, uh, you know. And so George Corona was that ULM killer on Tuesday night. Parker Bates probably was in previous years. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is a former Louisiana Tech baseball player who is now playing for the Quad City River Bandits. Hell yeah. A high A affiliate of the Royals. And now I wish Matt really was here so that he could freak out about him being in the Royals Royals organization. But the River Bandits, whose logo features a raccoon wearing a sombrero and mask. uh, I mean... I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, I, that's the, you, the, the, the thing okay, is, is, that's not listen. even my favorite raccoon based minor league baseball team logo. Well, the, the Rocket City Trash Pandas are yeah. undisputed champions. However, <laughs> if you're playing for the Quad Cities River Bandits, do you really want to make it to the Royals? I mean, their whole Casey with the crown thing is kind of cool, I guess. But like, bro, you're just mad that you lost Josh to Casey. You got a fucking I know <laughs> you got you got a fucking raccoon. <laughs> wearing a sombrero are you kidding me like that's that's the hat you want to wear for your career i'm just saying anyway what is this tweet nathan well first i have to figure out what the quad cities are so what are the four cities look it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the four cities are you gotta you gotta Davenport, Benendorf, rock island and east moline oh okay hold on <laughs> so moline is in illinois is is this in illinois or is it in this iowa is, it's, this is in iowa Okay, I was going to say, like, those first three cities, I have no fucking clue where that is. (laughs) I have no clue. And then he said East Moline, and the only reason I know that is because I knew somebody who did an internship in in Moline and lived in in Iowa. So, uh, anyway. So, I guess another guy who lives in Iowa now that you have some familiarity with, Parker Bates. Uh, Quad City River Bandits tweet out saying, at Parker Bates is an elite company. Evan, do you want to describe this tweet? Because I don't actually know who the second person is. Oh, um, it's got four pictures here, and it, as you said, says Parker Bates is an elite company. It's got Parker Bates rocking a fucking sick stash in the top left, you know, wearing his baseball helmet and all that. Then it's got your boy, Tom Selleck, in the top right, you know, undisputed mustache king. And then one of the cars from Cars. You want to guess this guy's name? Because I looked it up. Is it? Is it? mustache car (laughs) the name of this car is chick hicks chick hicks okay voiced by michael keaton okay uh fun fact and he's got a a sick mustache as well and then it's got pam from the office saying it's the same picture or they're the same picture or whatever it is that that she says in that meme so uh yeah uh elite level mustache there from our boy parker bates uh, tearing it up in, in quad cities. I don't actually know if he's tearing it up. I, I, I assume he is. It's Parker Bates. Parker Tears Bates. it up wherever he okay. goes. But yeah, that's about it for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog at gtpdd.dog. The contest continues to move forward and Evan, you're now what? tied for first place. What? I didn't know that. You haven't tweeted I, that yet. I you? tweeted it. I did tweet it. I intentionally didn't at you, though, because wow. I wanted to get this genuine reaction on the show. <laughs> I did not know that. Hold on. It I all works it. out. You're tied with Go Herd, Please Don't Die. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so no pressure. Listen, listen, guy. <laughs> Stealing the throne from at La Tech Report, uh, who's in second place or tied for third place, I guess, because there's two tied for first with 25 points to your 26 points. And he's tied with Harris Downer, too. So, yeah, there's a four-way 
real mashup there for first place. Uh, trying to get on that trophy stand at the end of the year. First place gets a baseball custom go tech. Please don't die baseball. Oh. Still some guys who are who are in that race. But give me Evan. give me that fucking baseball. Let's yeah. go. Come on. Uh, yeah. So I I may need to. I don't know. Do I want to overthink it or do I want to just like ride with the answers that I've had? Yeah, Actually, see. we've only got we've only got three games this week, so that's a bad idea to let it ride. I think. Yeah, that's pretty good advice for the rest of you. If you haven't done contest answers for this week yet, you maybe should because Tech only plays three games this week, and we'll only play three games next week as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you're saying we're going to win five games, you're automatically missing out on points. I mean, yeah. actually, you should do that. You know, just <laughs> pedal to the metal. Go say we're going to win five games because, you know, you're a real tech fan and you don't care about reality or whatever. Yeah. And if you're go hurt, please don't die. Say they'll win six games. Who cares? <laughs> I don't think that's even an option. Yeah. And while you're there fiddling with your answers and trying to win a free baseball, you might as well buy a shirt. The May shirt of the month on GTPDDog slash shop is a pump it up shirt featuring balloons being pumped up. See, that's the joke there. And you can get it for $25 with free shipping for the entire month of May. Uh, only two weeks now into May, so I still have time to figure out what the hell I'm doing with the June shirt of the month. Um, but you can still get the May one at gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I always expect there to be a third person, even when there's two of us. But go tech. Please don't die. to lose game six we'd play 7 30 i definitely can't go to that either we got our championship kickball game at on thursday at 8 p.m so we're in the championship game for the losers bracket of of kickball so i can't um just like just like our girl uh kate cooper i had a game winning triple last week hey (laughs) so drove in two runs there we go